Paso a Paso <laughs> podcast. <laughs> What's a beneficiary? Great question. All that and more coming up on this edition of Paso Paso Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Paso Paso Podcast. My name is Miles and we are here with part two of our conversation regarding HJR1, that's House Joint Resolution 1, currently in the Senate of the state of New Mexico. We are hoping that uh, that gets some support to move through and move on to a vote by the citizens of New Mexico. That would allow for us to determine whether we want increased funding year after year for many years to come to support those who are doing early childhood work as well as the families who seek um, that support and uh, help as we all uh, collectively raise our youngest citizens. Uh, We realize that uh, advocacy and uh, working with the government and passing laws and all these things are not something most of us are familiar with and we're hoping that this conversation and those to follow will help us become more comfortable with the idea, um, hear more about what the discussion entails, those who are for it and those who have visions that there are challenges ahead. We simply hope that you listen with an open mind, and if you feel as though you'd like to get involved, please do. This is, again, part two of two of this discussion, edited, shorter version of our recent online talk that you can also see at the Paso Taos Facebook page. And after this, in the next episode, some perspective on this conversation. But for now, let's soak this in and uh, hope you enjoy. We continue with Senator Gonzalez. So coming in with this one would create a new beneficiary. And that takes um, a, a very large adjustment because uh, the way the money comes to the fund, it's by partials of land. And each one of the beneficiaries has a track system to where the revenue comes into that part for their portion. So, you know, you really are, you know, it doesn't matter how you put it, you're encroaching into the 21 beneficiaries. And uh, so we want to do it right. The other part is uh, we can't get away from it. You know, it does need congressional approval, which at this time I don't see a problem. You know, I see that if we got to that level, we definitely have the support of our congressional because all of them have mentioned that that they uh, they support this. The other variable that is working in now is um, Majority Floor Leader Peter Worth is introducing another one to support from the Permanent Fund. And I don't know if it's already been uh, declared, established up a half percent or a half percent to one percent for kindergarten through 12. And what they're seeing is also to satisfy the remedies that have to be met by the Yossi Martinez. You know, so we don't want to get to the polls and it gets confusing. You know, so I think that a, a lot of work has to be done the next few weeks, you know, to where that part doesn't hurt this part or vice versa. Or if it merges, you know, to uh, to what what will he do? A brief interruption here. This is Miles, your host again. Just some context. We did have an hour-long conversation online. As you can tell, it's full of a lot of details and things that aren't always understandable, let's say, to folks that are less involved in lawmaking. But we do hope to, um, through our edits, make it both uh, comprehensive as far as representing what each speaker wanted to share, as well as hopefully moving the conversation along so that we can provide you with some perspective on that. Back to the conversation as we continue our part two of this discussion. If it goes into a categorical funding, which you're saying it only goes to early childhood, you know, um, 
you know, I don't have an answer, you know, you yeah. know, how that's going to flow. Sure. So uh, within this, you know, uh, uh, we have to see the both parts, you know, and there's no argument on the need and understanding of, you know, the, the portion of the early childhood part. But uh, on the funding part, I think this is the one that still has a few things that need to be worked out, you know, okay. and to where it goes to the voters. Thank you so much. Well, we appreciate you sharing all of that. And um, I, um, just for the sake of time, we do have some questions coming in the chat. Well, I see that uh, it's Catherine Horsey. Good to see you. If someone could unmute Catherine Horsey. So I have learned everything I know about early childhood education from most of the people on this Zoom call. So my question about this specifically is, what's a beneficiary? Is an early childhood education defined as a beneficiary or is say paso a paso defined as a beneficiary? Is it an entity or is it a field? Thank you, Catherine. I can respond if you'd like me to. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, First right now, uh, early childhood, the early childhood component is not considered a beneficiary because this has come in, you know, within the last years. So the beneficiaries are 21 members, you know, from our state, like the common schools, K-12, the University of New Mexico, New Mexico State, Western New Mexico, New Mexico Military Institute. It just goes all the way down to, uh, you know, the Coleman's uh, uh, Hospital. So these are the beneficiaries. They have been established by... uh, by constitution, uh, you know, some go all the way back to even before to um, the 1912, you know, during statehood. Thank you for the, the context there. Um, and is that something that would need to be uh, worked out? Um, should the, the general, is that, I'm not sure well, what step of the process had to be worked out because it feels as though our community is very much in favor of this, but it also understands that there's some details that would um, also be necessary to make it possible. Is that right? Oh, with this file system, you know, when uh, when the Constitution was formed and education was talked about, you know, it was never envisioned of early childhood. It was more of uh, pre-first or kindergarten, which is now to 12th grade, and then our higher institution, you know, two-year and four-year program. So this is new, you know, within the last development of maybe the last 15 years. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, just doubling back, I'm wondering if Representative um, uh, Herrera or Ortiz would have anything to share here. Susan, do you want to jump in here? I'll, try, I'll jump in. You know, law. There's, you know, and you can change it. You know, and 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 I think we have to be flexible about this. I think, really, I don't think most people would fund the way the permanent fund is now, if they thought they had a choice. And, and I understand why you don't want to open up a whole can of worms, really. But if, you know, we fund the prisons out of that, we fund the military academy down in uh, Roswell, we fund, we fund a lot of things that people don't understand that we fund. And it's just the way they divided it up, and it's fine. The school for the blind gets something, the school for the deaf gets something. I mean, there's like 20, I don't know, how many, Bobby? 28 different agencies? Something like that. 21. 21, okay. That that get funding through the uh, land grant permanent fund. And I think, 
You know, they didn't do that in 1910 or 12 because nobody thought about early childhood. I mean, you know, life has changed. Science has changed the way we think, the way we act. We know things that we didn't know in, uh, in 1912. And of course, we're going to think about it differently. And I think that's fine. I mean, if your government doesn't work the way you'd like it to work, that's why you have legislators to change it. And that's why the people have the power here, because if they agree to do that, it'll be done. I don't think this is a big issue with Congress, frankly. You know, they're just going to follow the leadership of that. This is like I've worked in Congress for, you know, 10 years. I, I can tell you this would be a, a freckle on, a, on some kind of a appropriations bill or something. I don't think it'd be a big discussion, and I think they'd follow the uh, New Mexico leadership. And the New Mexico leadership, the congressional delegation, would follow the will of the people. So I, I think it needs to be changed. That's just my attitude. All right. Thank you, Representative Herrera. Well, we have some more questions. Would uh, uh, can I just, I just jump, jump in here really quickly? Um, you know, there has never been a time like right now to support early childhood education, not only with what we know from the science and what we're learning all the time. We've learned so much in the last year with the, with the development, uh, the establishment of the department, right? And it, it's just, we, we know now that the voters will support this and we, we don't have enough money. Even with $193 million, I think that's in the budget right now for early childhood um, programming. Uh, Susan, I think you're, you're on appropriations, right? You just uh, you just passed this, <laughs> this budget uh, in your committee today. Uh, it's big. It's big. And uh, of the seven million plus, uh, three, three and a half, almost three and a half billion uh, is going to education uh, and early childhood education is, is a different um, is a different line item. Uh, as far as I understand, I think, please correct me if, if I'm wrong. So, you know, the with the need being somewhere around 400 million, you know, to to address all of the, you know, all of the things that are part of early childhood education, right? The home visiting programs, the, you know, the um, free early pre-K uh, and, and preschool programs, uh, pre-K and early pre-K programs, um, the professionalization, you know, I just, I, I just, I can't, I have to say for a moment here how unconscionable it is that the, the people who are dedicating their lives to taking care of our families and teaching our youngest and they need that education to go to prepare themselves for school are making less than $10 an hour in some cases. I just, it, it's unfathomable, truly. Uh, so that, that needs to change in that. And, you know, this is what I, I think the voters feel that too. So I just needed to put that, put that out there. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. The initial part was 150 million. And uh, right now it's at 500 million. You know, so it has gone up and it has grown. And uh, so, uh, you know, that's where it, I mean, currently that's what it is. Okay. And I wanted to add on to that, Bobby. It's important that everybody on this, and everybody I, I think on this panel knows, New Mexico, our budget has grown faster than any other state in early childhood in, in, the, in a span of time. That's what you all need to understand. So it's not like the legislature hasn't, hasn't really progressed. It's just the need is so great. I, I just want everybody to understand that New Mexico actually has done an amazing job. And, you know, badgies on this call, I, I, you know, there are people far better than me on this call 
who have who have been at the forefront of every single increase in that budget over the years. So so you 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 have to kind of thank New Mexico for being a leader. If you look at other states, we've grown the fastest. If you look at the need, what you have to remember is we have 47 percent of our families are on Medicaid. That really tells you something. You know, half of our people are really poor in this state. And um, and the pandemic has, you know, has exacerbated everything. Um, But still, we have these resilient families and resilient people like you who look to the future, figure out what we can do and then accomplish it. So I think that that is kind of the story. Will it, you know, to what the amount that we need in my lifetime? Probably not, but we're certainly approaching it at a rapid speed. That's what you should know. Yeah, thank you so much for that context. We realize there's a lot of details that most of us on the call may not be aware of. There's also um, quite a few questions coming in. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Tracy Jaramillo had a question. She wasn't able to raise her hand, but would you like to go next? Uh, Tracy, you should be able to unmute, I believe, um, in a moment. Hi, and thank you so much. And thank you, representatives and senator, for taking the time um, to be here and explain your positions um, or share your positions with all of us. Um, As you know, New Mexico has the highest rate of kids exposed to adverse childhood experiences um, in the country. Research has shown that situations where toxic stress is likely intervening as early as possible is critical to achieving best outcomes. The land-grant permanent fund will provide the funding desperately needed to support comprehensive programming across systems to support the resilience of New Mexico families. What I am hearing is that there is not full support for this bill. And what, if you are not in support, what are your visions for a solution to address the ACEs in our state? Thank you, Tracy. One of our legislators like to answer that. I'm in support, so I'm with you. All right. Uh, do you have, would you like to reply at all, uh, Senator Gonzalez? Um, I'm in support, but you know my part is we have to do it right. And uh, the worst thing would be is to start a program and then we have to cut back. You know, and in the past we have that has happened. You know, and any time that you cut back, that's not. You know, that's very hard, you know, so uh, doing it right. And that's why, uh, and by all means, so uh, completely staying out of litigation, you know, if we can avoid that, you know, in any part. And uh, we see what happens with uh, Martinez Yossi. You know, we're still at the court's order, you know, what needs to be done. So yeah. this is where, uh, uh, where uh, leader uh, Peter Worth is coming from, you know, he's saying this. We have uh, this remedies that we have to come across, you know, through K-12, and uh, and it takes more funding. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, yes, quite a few questions coming in. Um, I did want to check. Can I just address that really quickly? Absolutely. Uh, Miles, um, uh, I, I think that's this is why HR 1 and a constitutional amendment is such an elegant solution to the need for the funding, right? Um, the, the one person, this fund, our fund is growing incredibly uh and 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 
the 1% will provide that fund. I know there are market fluctuations, of course, but that 1% will provide that needed funding so that programs can be built, sustained, continued, evaluated, continued. Um, I just, you know, when you look at the research, just the bang for the buck is it's right there, you know, for every dollar invested, you know, $6, you know, in community benefits and, and the preparation for, for these children and also the preparation for families. Just to kind of educate us and to have the discussion, what would it take? Are there certain ideas or amendments or things that uh, might be able to be worked out to move things forward that would be agreeable um, to every, to the legislators on our call today? Is there a sense of what that would look like um, as a possibility? Because it, it feels as though the, the interest is there. It's just a matter of figuring out what it would take to, to have it occur in a structure that would, that would be successful. Well, uh, Miles, let me be real brief, but uh, I was very involved with the uh, creation of kindergarten. And uh, going back, you know, basically started as a volunteer, and then it started to where it was optional in school districts, then it was half day, and then we went to full day statewide. You know, you don't hear anything about, well, let's cut kindergarten, or we don't have enough money for kindergarten. Uh, it was done right, you know, but that part came out of the common schools distribution. You know, so now we're approaching something very different, you know, to where we have to set that funding to where it will just roll in, you know, and be with it. You know, so uh, uh, with legislative uh, finance, you know, the, they're experts. They do. That's all they do is research every single day. And even this morning, I visited with them, you know, and in their part, they still see that it creates a new beneficiary. So that part has to happen. It feels like there's there's momentum going on, if I understand correctly. I'm not there myself, right? But um, um, I'm wondering, Senator Gonzalez, if you feel as though there are some steps that you would like to see happen that would make you feel comfortable with things continuing to move forward or what your perspective on that would be? Well, I mean, it's not for me, you know, it's to do it right, you know, so it doesn't come back, you know, or, you know, or we don't go to the election and it's crowded because we have one for K-12 and one for early childhood and people, well, which one do we support or, you know, uh, to get the right information out there. So it's early enough on the session that, you know, that these things can happen, but, you know, it's uh, the important part is, you know, that it's done right. Because uh, in my experiences, uh, in the state, we have done some very, very good things, but we have done things that have not been okay. And it's very hard to take them back. You know, it's very hard. So uh, all I'm saying is, you know, let's go forward, but, you know, make sure that we do all the concerns that are there. The important part is that you don't lose the, the voters. That's the right. important part. You know, so that, that's going to have to be, you know, uh, where it's, it's going to have to be very clear, you know, that. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, we do have, we've had over 100 people join us tonight. So I think that's a strong showing um, on this topic here in Taos. Um, uh, let me interrupt myself and say thank you for listening as we wrap up this part two of two uh, our next episode will dive in with our guest jessica cowdry who will explain more take care Paso a paso. <laughs> podcast <laughs>